we're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection. Republicans squabble among themselves over last year's attack on the Capitol. As American citizens should leave, should leave now. A warning from President Biden for Americans in Ukraine and COVID deaths at horrible levels. But most Americans just want to move on. I'm Paul Brandes in Washington. You're listening to West Wing Reports. It's Friday, February 11th. heard that the head of the Republican National Committee said the attack on the Capitol last year was nothing more than, quote, legitimate political discourse. Supporters of then-President Donald Trump attacked cops, injuring some 140 of them, defecated on the floors, put up a gallows, and went hunting for then-Vice President Mike Pence and Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Legitimate political discourse, that's what the RNC calls it. It has also chosen to censure two leading GOP lawmakers, Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger from Illinois. Their offense serving on the House commission that's investigating the Capitol attack. Some influential Republicans say the RNC has gone too far with all of this. One of them is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Well, let me give you my view of what happened January the 6th. And we're all we're here. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. With regard to the suggestion that the RNC should be in the business of picking and choosing Republicans who ought to be supported, uh, traditionally, the view of the National Party committees is that we support all members of our party, regardless of their p- positions on some issues. Do you have confidence in her, Ron McDaniel, as chairwoman of the committee? Uh, I, I, I do, but the, the issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. That's not the job of the RNC. Of course, many Republicans think McConnell's a tool. Trump himself, says the longtime Kentucky senator who has been elected to the Senate seven times in a row, is a loser. Meantime, the investigation into the attack on the Capitol rolls on. Among the things we learned this week, Trump's one-time lawyer Rudy Giuliani asked a GOP prosecutor in Michigan to hand over county voting machines based on a false cheating conspiracy theory. Trump removed classified documents, some 15 boxes worth, from the White House when he left and took them to Mar-a-Lago, his Florida home. Presidents can declassify any material at any time, but there's no evidence that Trump 
did so with this case. The suggestion is that Trump is, at a minimum, guilty of gross hypocrisy, given his criticism of Hillary Clinton over classified material on her email server that may have cost her the 2016 election. And in Shades of Watergate, the scandal that brought down Richard Nixon four decades ago, certain records of phone calls made to and from Trump on January the 6th, the day his supporters attacked the Capitol, some of those phone records are missing. Well, you don't need me to tell you that prices are up. The 7.5% rate of inflation in January is now the highest since the Reagan era. Supply chain shortages brought about by the pandemic are the principal reason. That's what most economists say. This is a nightmare for President Biden and Democrats, though, as the November midterms loom. The president was asked about inflation by NBC's Lester Holt. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, I understand that's your job. But look, uh, at the time, what happened was the, uh, let's look at the reason for the inflation. The reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, meaning that the products, for example, automobiles, the lack of computer chips to be able to build those automobiles so they could function, they need those computer chips. They were not available. So what happens with the number of cars were reduced, the new cars reduced, it made up at one point, one third the cost of inflation because the price of automobiles were up. So what I did when I went out and made sure we started to make those domestically, we got Intel to come in and provide $20 billion to build a new facility. A number of organizations are doing the same kinds of things. When can Americans expect some relief from this soaring inflation? According to Nobel laureates, 14 of them that contacted me and a number of corporate leaders, it's ought to be able to start to taper off as we go through this year. In the meantime, I'm going to do everything in my power to deal with the big points that are, that are impacting most people in their home. Meantime, other economic news, a gusher of red ink, Americans piling up more than $1 trillion, trillion with a T, dollars in new debt last year. That's the most in 14 years. The Federal Reserve now says total consumer debt is now $15.6 trillion. But don't worry, the Wall Street Journal reports that delinquency levels on consumer debt, consumer loans, is quite low, at least for now. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.
President Biden continues to up the pressure on Russia, which he says could invade Ukraine at any time. More from his interview on NBC. What are your plans toward American citizens who are in Ukraine and might be there during an invasion? What scenarios would you put American troops to rescue and get Americans out? They're not. That's a world war. When Americans and Russians start shooting at one another, we're in a very different world than we've ever been in. Not even on behalf of simply evacuating Americans? No. How, how, how do you do that? How do you even find them? This is not like I'm hoping that if, in fact, he's foolish enough to go in, he's smart enough not to, in fact, do anything that would negatively impact on American citizens. Have you, have you told him that? Yes. You've, you've told him to, that, that you know, Americans will be a line that they can't cross? Well, I, I didn't have to tell him that. He, I've, I've spoken about that. He knows that. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit... Uh, look, that's why what I've asked is American citizens should leave, should leave now. We're dealing with one of the largest armies in the world. This is a very different situation and things could go crazy quickly. Biden's been saying for weeks now that the Russians will pay a stiff price if they invade Ukraine. He now says explicitly that any invasion means the Kremlin can kiss a key energy pipeline to Germany goodbye, the so-called Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Russia needs to be able to sell that gas and sell that oil. Russia relies a significant part of Russia's budget. It's the only thing they really have to export. And if, in fact, it's cut off, then they're going to be hurt very badly as well. And it's of consequence to them as well. This is not just a one-way street. And so uh, we are looking at what we could do to help compensate for loss of immediate loss of gas uh, in Europe if it occurs. And uh, that's what we've been working on for some time now. That comment was from this week's news conference with the new German chancellor. COVID deaths continue to pile up. Let's just look at one day, Tuesday, 3,016 Americans dead just in one day. That's more than the number of Americans who died on 9-11, more than died at Pearl Harbor, more than died on D-Day. For the week ended February the 8th, by the way, nearly 18,000 dead in just one week. And in January, 61,591 deaths. That's according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and NBC. Obviously, horrible numbers, deep pain for tens of thousands of families, giant medical bills, too. As everyone knows or should know, the vast majority of deaths are among the unvaccinated. The vast majority. But there's growing political pressure for states to back away from mask mandates despite these deaths, and from New York to California and in between, even blue states are loosening guidelines. The overall death toll since the pandemic began two years ago, now well past 900,000, one in 366 Americans have died. The death toll may pass the million mark in just a few weeks. I'll open up the History Vault in just a moment. First, though, let's hear about another Evergreen podcast that I know you'll enjoy. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. 
You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Time now to open up the West Wing Report's archives and see what made history this week in the past. 1809, Abraham Lincoln was born, the 16th president, serving between 1861 and 1865. Obviously widely regarded as our greatest president, Lincoln preserved the Union during the Civil War and helped end slavery in the United States. For this effort, he was known as the Great Emancipator, though he waffled on the issue of slavery in the early stages of his presidency. 1933, President-elect Franklin Roosevelt escaped an assassination attempt. It happened in Miami when a gunman fired five shots into Roosevelt's car. The bullets missed FDR but killed the mayor of Chicago. The killer got swift justice, convicted, and executed five weeks later. Little things change history. In 1935, Gerald Ford was offered a contract by the NFL's Green Bay Packers, also the Chicago Bears, but he opted to go to Yale Law School instead. Decades later, the president joked that if he had only played in the NFL, he might have become famous. Someone had passed America's atomic bomb secrets to Russia. This was an undisputed fact that the whole world knew. And 1953, Dwight Eisenhower denied clemency for Julius and Ethel Rosenberg for passing atomic secrets to the Soviets. They were executed four months later. Want more history? Check out my books on Amazon. I'll sign them for you, too. Just shoot me an email, pbrandis at evergreenpodcasts.com. And need a speaker for your event? I do that, too. Current events, economics, analysis, history. I connect the dots, and I'd love to hear from you. Speaking of books, by the way, I'll send you one if you download my new app. It's called West Wing Reports, available in the Apple and Android stores. Just download it on your phone or tablet. There's a button called What's on Your Mind. All you do is push, talk, and send. That's it. Questions, comments, whatever's on your mind. If your comment airs, your name goes into a drawing for any of my books. I like to end each week with a quote, something you might find thoughtful. This week it's from John F. Kennedy. In his inaugural address in 1961, he said, quote, Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Think about it. That's it for this week. Here's my email again, pbrandis at evergreenpodcasts.com. West Wing Reports is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to C-SPAN and NBC for the audio clips. Our producer, sound designer, and engineer, Noah Fouts. Executive producers, Michael D'Aloya and Gerardo Orlando. I'm Paul Brandis in Washington. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. 
Oh yeah, I can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.